This episode is brought to you by our Patreon page over at patreon.com slash gamezilla media. Which means this episode is brought to us by you. Right? That's how not it works. no, not me. No, no, the fan. Right, yeah. The yes. listener. We're talking when I say you, I mean the listeners. Yes, the the figurative you, right? Yes. But nobody else is in here with us as we record this. Who I'm are you lo- talking I'm about? I'm looking at the computer when I say it. Oh. Oh, oh no. Alright. So just go to GameZilla Media on Patreon.com. There you'll be able to choose your patronage level and get different access to the shows. So you can get early access to the GameZilla Alpha. Exclusive content for The Legend of Retro and Noobs and Dragons. Noobs and Dragons? The show with that handsome devil, Craig WK? Well, almost all of those words were right. Yeah. And if you go on there and sign up, you can also get access to a private Discord channel in our Discord group. Basically, the more dollars you give us, the more things we can give you. Exactly. So go to patreon.com slash gamesillamedia and become a patron today. Do it. Yeah. Prepare yourselves for a journey through history. Get equipped for adventure. Grab your power gloves and super scopes, for it's dangerous to go alone. This is The Legend of Retro. Welcome to The Legend of Retro Podcast. This is Chops and Craig WK. Good old Craigie. Good. What? Craigie K. Right? That's your name. That's what you just said, right? Craigie K. I don't think I'm usually referred to by uh, Craig K Craigie. and Freshy Fresh. <laughs> is Craigie K my uh, 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 DJ Your name? Hip hop name, Craigie K. I guess so. Like it is now. Neat. All right. So today we are talking about another Craigie K favorite. This is one Craig- of another one of my favorites. You could say a Craig K Craigie K classic. To get real, really good with those letters there. Alliteration. That's the word I couldn't remember. <laughs> We're talking about Gunham Side Story 0079 Rise from the Ashes. Oh man, I love this game. I really enjoy it. Of this, course you would love this game. It's I was not game. a fan of this game, really. It, it, it it's It's a hard sell. It's a it's very a real hard, hard sell. <laughs> very hard very sell. Very hard sell. Sell us on it then, Craig. <sighs> well, this sell game. Sell away. This game was released by Bandai on the Dreamcast on April 28th, 2000. This giant robot simulator has you play Master Pierce Rare as you command the White Dingo unit in Australia during the one year war from the original Mobile Suit Gundam series universe. So, this, so okay, I want to say, start off first. Gundam is a niche market. <laughs> kind of, yeah. This is a niche market in niche market. <laughs> this It is the Australian war of this series that nobody knows about. Well, it's, I mean, it's all the same war. This is just the, the Australian front. Yeah, was this ever in the cartoon? Uh, no, a lot of the Gundam universe was not in the original cartoon. But, oh, okay. But, so this is the niche of the niche. Well, here's the thing, though. Something to consider. So uh, the Gundam series called Gundam the OAF MS Team yes. is a Gundam series based around the Asian front of the war 
uh, where uh, uh, it's like random foot soldiers rather than right. like, you know, Amaro Ray, the hero from the original Gundam series. This game is another like side story like that where it's like it's just looking into the well, yeah, lives of random soldiers. It's called basically. Side Story. Yeah. 0079. There's actually quite a few different like Gundam side story series that they uh, refer to uh, as, you know, like uh, like uh, uh, there's a, a Gundam manga that I read when I was younger called Blue Destiny, which actually has its own like video games and stuff. And uh, but like, you know, we didn't get a lot of that stuff. Is there 78 other stories? There are not. It, uh, it is referred to as uh, Gundam 0079 because that is the year. It is the year. Uh, the uh, the year is called Universal Century 0079. Oh. Are you familiar with like the the original Gundam series very well? Chops? I have not watched it, and that's something that I I wanted to get into, and I tried watching it at one point, but it just was really, I don't know, it was kind of boring to me. It's you know I I will say the original series is pretty long. Uh, there are three movies that they made that sort of like take the sequence of the series, which is like around forty something episodes. I think almost fifty episodes. And they condense it into three movies. And I could probably just get away with it. I think so, yeah. In fact, if any, like, for people who want to get into the original Gundam and, like, take it all in, that's what I always recommend. I mean, the the original series is great, and they they add in, or they don't add in, they originally had a lot more episodes. Uh, but a lot of them you don't necessarily need. They were put in because, you know, it's an episodic series. The, you know, there's an episode where they meet a guy on an island who, like, stole a, a mobile suit from, like, the enemies. And, like, they, they have these misadventures with this guy over the course of an episode. But, like, you don't really need to see that. That doesn't really impact the the general the overarching plot. You know, it, it adds a little bit of character development and gives you a, a little bit of an insight into these characters. But, like, it's not super necessary. All right. Maybe I'll give it a shot. But, like, this game off the bat. Sets a premise that, like, I don't think a a good Gundam fan would ever just be like, man, I wonder what was going on in Australia. Uh, here's the thing. <laughs> For real, real big fans of, of the original Gundam series, this kind of stuff, to me, is some of the most interesting stuff. Because, really? Yeah, it really is. Because here's the thing, is you have this series that's based around a war. So the original Gundam series is from the 1979 anime Mobile Suit Gundam, where Amuro Ray, this kid, gets into this mobile suit called the Gundam, and it's super powerful, and it's this series all about like him. Uh, essentially, they try to rendezvous with like the Earth Federation forces as Zeon, this uh, space colony that is succeed- like succeeded from uh, uh, the Earth and is leading a war of independence. And so... Like, you know, when you look at the series as a whole, you think like, oh, okay, it's Gundam. It's just giant robots fighting, whatever. But the original Mobile Suit Gundam is essentially sort of like a almost a retelling of World War II with minor, like, well, big changes, I should say, because it's, you know, set in space in mm-hmm. the future and stuff. But, like, it's this weird war of independence where, like, when you look at, like, a random foot soldier for Xeon, they're like, yeah, I want to win independence for my country, my own country, my own space colony. But the leaders of Xeon are all crooked and rotten and stuff. But, like, the random soldiers don't know that. They're kind of their own heroes. And so it's this sort of, like, kind of sad story where, you know, you have all this, like, you know, stuff based around uh, uh, the the Gundam series. And uh, the, the thing is, is 
all the the side story stuff to me that's all the really cool stuff is like all the random soldiers and stuff and like what they do and and you know stuff like that i guess so i mean i i i yeah well let's just get into the game so it's it was on the Dreamcast, and that's another generation that I'm not super familiar with. Yeah, but the graphics are actually pretty decent in those games. The, I'm, not, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of surprised. The that. draw distance is not great, you know, but the the actual like models and stuff of the the giant robots look awesome. Yeah, and they're all done pretty. Like this is going to be the the nerd in me. You'll have to forgive me, chops. But like, I will never forget the forgive the nerd in you. I embrace the nerd. Oh well, there I we go. I feel the nerd. <laughs> But the the thing is, is all the different models are pretty authentic. Like the commander type Zaku's have the differences that the commander type Zaku's would have. The the mobile suit uh, Zaku twos are those the uh, oh I have like a list of different units. So uh, wait, are those the good units or the bad units? Z, uh, the Zaku's are the enemy. The or the oh okay, uh, the I, don't, I don't have forces. those listed in front of me. Never mind. Oh uh, well, and those are the the mobile suits that I'm the most interested by. I think the design looks really really cool. They're the uh, the mobile suits that look cyclopean. It's, yeah, the one with the big eye. On yeah, it. the single eye mobile suits. All the Zeon suits only had one eye. Okay, and I. Uh, uh, so anyway, the uh, the gameplay though is you're in the actual cockpit of the mobile suit. Yeah, it was weird. It's very it's strange. You know what? I I played a when I was younger. My buddy Andy was really into like flight sims and stuff. He was really interested in like piloting and jets and stuff. So like he owned a lot of like uh, simulators like that. So for me, the cockpit view, it's pretty par for the course. I'm I'm actually kind of used to that. Uh, but you you play in the 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 cockpit, and you essentially uh, you play as like one of these mobile suits. You you get a, a different array of weapons depending on your loadout. Yeah, I actually have a list of weapons oh, yeah. here. You have a machine gun, mm-hmm. a rocket launcher, prototype beam rifle, yep. a beam spray gun, yep. beam rifle, head Vulcan, beam saber, hand grenade, shoulder cannon, and then a shield, which is either large or small. Yeah, there's a ton of different weapons, and it's and it's cool because these are the weapons that you see in the series. All these different Gundam series, you know, have all this different like array of weapons. Yeah, and and so it's really cool to be like, you know, if you're somebody who like loves a gym unit, the GMs, the 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 Federation forces. Oh, mostly. you mean like an RC RGC eighty GM cannon? Yeah, just like that. Or or maybe an RGM seventy nine GM. Uh huh. Yep, exactly. Okay, they're Sorry. also. Uh, I have them listed here. I uh, wanted to feel part of this. La- later in the uh, the game, you actually get uh, uh, custom uh, gym snipers, uh, which. Uh, oh, you mean the RGM seventy nine GM sniper? Yeah, uh, and the <laughs> RGM seventy nine SP GM sniper. Uh, yes, that would be the custom uh, built for, uh, built just for the white dingo unit on the very last mission of the game. Yeah, yeah you only get, you get it a in sniper the last two. Day. Yeah, the sniper two. It's a modified version, decked out in blue and white. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's kind of cool is we talked about Journey to Jaburo on yes. the show previously. Make sure to go back and listen to it. But what's cool is in that game, I think I had told you back then, Chops, that uh, like you can un- like you go through it this different mode as like a random soldier and you unlock different units. Yeah, there's a cutscene in that game where the uh, uh, one of the the characters on from 
Gundam Side Story 0079 Rise from the Ashes lets you have one of these suits and she taunts you and she's like oh do you think you can handle this unit and she talks about like the white dingo unit and stuff so there's like the tie-ins between the series yeah. and games I, I'll be honest I was taken out every time I heard someone say white dingo it's a little goofy. It's a real goofy name. It's uh, uh, I, I, if I'm not mistaken, there are uh, 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 all the the uh, the units of GMs in this uh, game are like like I think there's like a red wombat unit. It's all based around <laughs> the all, animals of Australia <laughs> with different colors. It just feels like, like it feels like a stereotype, doesn't it? A little, yeah. I mean, let's face it. Uh, there's there's quite a lot of uh, uh, media from Japan that's a little xenophobic yes just a pinch just a smidge just a sprinkle of xenophobia but i uh, but yeah so you have all these different mobile suits and uh i uh, you you like basically like what's cool is like you get these very very military based missions like the first mission is like you go take out anti-aircraft guns you know it's it's very like war it's very strategy based yeah because the game isn't just cockpit playing it is also tactical because you have a grid map system that you command your ally units and you choose what kind of actions are taking whether it's a search whether it's a kill whether it's a defend a position i thought that was really interesting that it kind of incorporated two elements of games but i guess if i'm thinking of like simulator games that's right up the simulator alley to me this isn't more of a this is more of a simulation gundam game Mm -hmm. than like a action adventure game yeah you're you're pretty much spot on with that it's very simulation based it is it's you in the cockpit and you control your soldiers and like you command them to to do like uh uh like you know uh uh, echolocation searches to see yeah. if they can find different mobile suits in yeah, the area. Yeah, because you don't know where the enemy's at until you're within range. Yeah, so you, so until if you're you looking see at them. the map, you don't you don't see anything but your units. Mm-hmm. But then when you discover them, if you go back to the tactics area, you can see them on the map, you can see them on your mini map, you can see them in the cockpit when you go to that view. Yeah, it's uh I it's really interesting because like you you know the way you should play this game is that you you know you're very strategy oriented yes, and you, you, take you choose time. yeah you take your time it's a it's a slower paced game and i think when people think giant robots they think like you know uh destruction you know armored core robo pit yeah, oh yeah you know they think very fast moving games and so it's uh it's just sort of interesting that uh uh in this game it's a little bit more down to earth you know it's a little bit more it's like, a more serious game yeah it absolutely is honestly the the original gundam series like unlike g gundam unlike gundam wing g gundam the best gundam you bite your tongue <laughs> i i almost started cursing at you and we don't do that on this show you watch your mouth chops you watch your mouth right. g gundam is garbage okay don't want you so bad anyway uh so the but the original gundam series is super heavy it is and the ones that you've recommended to me are all the really heavy politically military driven ones i mean the ones that i like are the goofy just robots fighting robots ones i just i like don't be wrong Uh, when gundam wing first aired now not g gundam when that first aired i knew that was trash <laughs> when gundam week first aired i loved it it was so cool to me yes and then when i went back to watch it it is such a hard watch it is the it is very the writing bad. is very crummy oh gosh the yeah. it's not very long uh it's it's about as long as the original gundam series i think it's around 40 something episodes is it? i thought it was less than that well maybe it is i don't remember for sure to be honest but i uh, 
But yeah, no, it's it's the original Gundam series though is be- it shows the horrors of war. Oh yeah, it's the reason it was. I mean, when nine eleven happened, they took it off the air because it was it showed the horrors of war. Like that's how serious this series was. It's crazy, and uh, I I. I kind of want to drop a little bit of a history lesson so you know the the sure, what's going on. Go in. For it. So, I uh, in the original Gundam series, I uh, the the war breaks out in 0079. There are space colonies, and we already talked about how Zeon is seceding from from the Earth Federation, and they wage a war of independence. Yeah, but they weren't specific things in this game, though. What's that? Zeon is is trying to do something specific in the game, though. That's true. They, I mean, they're they're trying to release Astaroth. Now, here's the thing. The the Astaroth project in this game is like a bioweapon they were designing. Yeah. And, and it ties into the the sort of the lore of the series because Xeon was realizing at this stage of the war, like as as the, the months went on, it's called the one year war because it only lasted for that you know one year, of course. But it's uh, uh, they were grasping at straws, basically, and they were trying to come up with whatever ridiculous weapon they could. And in this game, one of their projects is this Astaroth, this bioweapon. But originally their, their goal in going into Australia was just to take natural resources but here's the thing to give you an idea of how heavy this is is in the opening months of the one-year war in this gundam series you have uh operation british where zeon took a space colony gassed it dropped it on earth in an effort to destroy jaburo which we've talked about previously, the the primary you know base of the Federation forces, and annihilate it. They destroyed part of it in orbit, so it knocked off its course. It hit Sydney, Australia. In this game, when if you look at a map of the Gundam series, Sydney, Australia is just a giant bay. It annihilated it. Oh my God! How heavy is that? Sydney, Australia is just destroyed, just gone off the face of the earth. They 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 later signed all these treaties to prevent like you know weapons of mass destruction and stuff. But like that's where the opening to this game is. Is Australia is a front that like I mean it shouldn't be won back. It's like you know like it was obliterated and Zeon just swept through and took control of the continent. And that's where you're at in this game as you you proceed through and trying to stop their Astaroth project. So but y- mostly just to take their their bases back. I was gonna say so the subplot of them releasing Astaroth, a biological weapon that is gonna accelerate plant growth and life on Earth, really isn't the issue. It's the fact that Zeon's crazy. And wants to just, they want their independence, but at all costs. Yeah, absolutely. And here's the thing is like, like throughout the series, it's shown time and time again that like the Xeon soldiers are just soldiers. They just fight the war that they think they should. It's their homeland. But like the leaders are utterly insane. Just completely. Yeah. It's frightening. And that's one of the things that's so horrifying about this series is like, it shows the horrors of war. The sol- the soldiers you're fighting are actually, in some cases, kind of cool. The The final mission has you uh, confront uh, your rival, Vish Donahue. Uh, he's a Zeon ace pilot. You fight him throughout the game, and finally he ends up uh, uh, in a MS-14G ground Gelgook, this mobile suit, which is uh, like a really late production model, which was... You know, like you never hardly saw it in the series. It's this really powerful mobile suit. You fight him, you fight this mobile armor, and in his death throes, he's like he's trying to get you to not destroy these transport carriers to go that go back into space. 
but you got to destroy him because the Astaroth is on him. But he's also telling you that like the soldiers on him are just rookies. They're just like cadets. They don't know what they're doing. Like, you know, please don't kill him. But like, you got to. And like, just how depressing is that? I'm really depressed right now. As you episode. should be. I don't like this episode anymore. No one should listen to this. <laughs> Too late. Just hit stop and delete it. Too late. Well, uh, here's something that uh, is a little off topic, but I think you might appreciate. Uh, one of the uh, side characters, uh, Mike, uh, one of the, the people in your unit, is voiced by Steve Bloom, the voice of Spike Spiegel from Cowboy Bebop. Oh boy, it's it's kind of funny when you. Like, I'm not surprised because those voice actors were like interchanged through a lot of those English, uh, English translations. What's funny though is Steve Bloom eventually like sort of embraced anime and, yes. and he became like a, a definitely a prominent voice in anime. In this game, he has a uh, pseudo name. I don't remember. Uh, uh, oh, really? Yeah, he didn't use his real name for this game. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh gosh. But I. Uh, but yeah, the 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 missions are like you you take over enemy bases. Uh, you like, and what's kind of cool is like there are different points of the game where it's like there's a train going through. Will you stop it? If not, then this happens. If so, then this happens. Oh, you it know? actually tells you. Uh, well, I mean, it, you eventually later find out like, oh, this person who was oh, on this okay. train, like you know, this is that person, you know, things like that happen. So like. Uh, uh, it's uh, uh, pretty interesting uh, stuff, you know. There, there's a lot of depth to it, even though it's a very short game. Okay. Well, I have other stuff to talk about about this game, but now I'm yeah, sad. yeah. Oh, well, but I'm, but I'm sad. Wait, do, you, are, do you think you can talk about it anyway, Chops? I will try. There is a premium disc for this game. Did oh, you yeah. know that? I ne- I just certainly didn't own it, but uh, tell us some more. Well, you could only own it if you got the original Japanese version of it. Because yeah, I certainly didn't. Basically, you get it once you complete the original Japanese version of it. Um, I don't know how you got it. It was released at the same time of the game, but I guess I'm guess it's like a special order. I think once you you beat the game, it's like somebody comes in in a suit and like tie, and you're like, "Who are you?" And they're just like, "Take this," and they like snap the in briefcase ja- in Japanese. open. I don't know how to say take this in Japanese. Just say something in Japanese. Okay, there we go. I don't think that was it, though. Bref, definitely not. <laughs> I'm um, pretty sure that was a line from a fighting game. Probably. Um, so it has like some extra content in there. You can get a G-beam rifle and a hyperhammer in Ooh. there. Um, the hyperhammer is uh, uh, from the original Gundam series. It's a ball and chain. Yep. It's a spiked ball and chain, but there are jet thrusters. Oh, yeah, you saw yeah, it in I Journey saw, to Jaburo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To Jaburo. Um, and then there's also an MS simulator, which lets you battle against Amaro Ray Ooh. in the RX-78 Gundam, as well as the RX-77 gun cannon and RX-75 gun tank from the original Mobile Suit Gundam animation. Amaro Ray is the, about one of the most powerful new types mm-hmm. in the uh, entire uh, Gundam series. He's one of the best Gundam pilots in the Gundam franchise. That's kind of cool. And there's also sound test. There's artwork. Um, there's some just some extra stuff that you can do in the in, in that extra disc, but it was never released in the United States. Of course not. And it'll only work if you possess an original, completed Japanese save file. <laughs> it won't so even you, work. Won't so even I work if you bleed it in America. So if I used my old save data on my Dreamcast and I got the imported this game, because I'm pretty sure it was uh, Dreamcast was uh, wasn't region locked. I don't remember, but yeah, I'm because. Yeah, it wasn't, because I had a copy of Capcom vs. SNK 2, which oh. was only released in Japan. So, okay. yeah, it was not region locked. So, if I got this game offline, I still couldn't play it. Yep, you couldn't play the extra stuff. That's horrible. Yeah. 
I mean, that's funny, but that's horrible. I mean, you just had to beat the game in Japanese. Well, I would have to get the Japanese game, though, right? You would it's have a different to get the Japanese game. Oh, my Lord. So I'd have to get the ja- original Japanese game. The premium disc. Beat it. Beat it, and then you'd be able to play it. And then I'd be able to play it. Only to be able to fight Amuro Ray and get my teeth knocked in. And a hyper a- hammer and a G beam rifle. Yeah, my teeth knocked in with a hyper hammer. Basically. Wow. I won't be doing that, but uh, for any of our Gundam super fans out there, which I know Sasha. there's... Yeah, there's Sasha. Sasha, let us Sasha. know how, how yeah. it was. Get on that, Sasha. Whenever you get around to it, just drop me a message. Let me know how it goes. Yep. Man, I'm all, I'm all flustered now. I don't know I don't know what to do with my life. Hey, well, I tell oh, you what, Chops. We can, we can talk a little bit about the music, if you like. I mean, you t- you do whatever you want. I give up. <laughs> so the music was composed by Takanori uh, Arima and Koji Yamada, uh, who also worked on Gundam Zionic Front, which is an even more strategy-based Gundam game, which eventually came out on the PlayStation 2. Uh, we'll talk about that at some point and depress you again. Uh, oh, great. They also uh, did some of the music for Dragon Ball Raging Blast 2. Uh, I, I did enjoy the music for this game. It's epic and sweeping, but... Honestly, I was kind of disappointed that it didn't use the original score. I was very disappointed in the music. Yeah, it was. It was just real. It was like a flight simulator music if it, <laughs> if it had it. Like a flight simulator doesn't have music. If it did, this is what it would be. <laughs> You're not wrong. I tell you what. Let's let the uh, the uh, our listeners uh, uh, you know hear a little bit and judge for themselves. This is, I believe, the opening song. There's honestly not a lot of music available for this game online which is weird because there's some really really obscure stuff online and for some reason this isn't one of them so let's give this uh, track a listen enjoy it it is it is kind of mundane like it's 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 not you know it it, and that's the thing it's like gundam the original gundam series has all that like disco-y like uh because it's from what late 70s early 80s yeah 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 it's real disco-y i guess that that would probably be my fondest thing of what i've watched of the show is the great 70s music. oh it's so good so here's the thing though i little bit of backstory when i played Gundam Side Story. I played through it quite a few times. And uh, the thing is, though, is, you know, the strategy's fun. Sure, you know. But I got to the point where I was pretty good at the game. So, I so did, you didn't even use your your friends, did you? No, I had them hang back and defend. And what I would do is, because when you get up close to enemies, you pull out a beam saber, which is essentially like a lightsaber, but it doesn't cut through everything. And I would just obliterate everything with this beam saber and just rip it to shreds. And at the time, though, this was the very first Gundam game to come to America. And the Gundam series that triggered the, the popularity of Gundam was Gundam Wing. Yes. And there is a particular song that is 
really really over the top that they would play in Gundam Wing during very very like clutch moments usually involving the Epion mobile suit that you and I both love. Oh it's my favorite. Oh it's so good and so I which is all it's a mobile suit all about melee and so I would listen to this song dive into melee combat with like just scores of enemies and purposely not strategize and just rip them to shreds with a beam saber. <laughs> Let's listen to that song. This is from Tumix Rhythm Emotion. set the scene put this music in the background here comes Craig <laughs> running in, in in Australia or what's left of it beam saber to the face beam saber to the crush beam saber to the chest just murdering robotic units yeah oh yeah absolutely I I uh, I loved to play this song just on repeat as I would rip through <laughs> enemy mobile suits it was so much fun how loud were you playing this Way louder than my family would have liked. So, did you ever get yelled at? Like, shut off that music, Craig! Craig, turn off that music! What language is that? You know, I, uh, I, I, I was pretty uh, sensible. I didn't crank it too loud unless, like, I was home alone or something. Uh, but when you were home alone, you cranked the heck. I. I have a really nice sound system that I bought for like Christmas one year or something. Oh no, I think it was a a, a deal on Black Friday. My buddy Sean hooked me up with. He like he had gotten this and like snagged it for me because he goes shopping. I, I don't like to leave the home. But uh, I would just like it would just be like it like almost ear bleeding loud in the basement. Everywhere else in the house, it would still be too loud oh, when God. I was home alone. And like when I would like hear the the somebody walk in, I would like turn it down and be like, "Oh, sorry," you know. But that was years later when I first got this game. I I had a really you know crummy TV and stuff, you know, because this uh, uh, this was what two thousand, you know. And then now in your apartment, you just crank it and don't care. Well, no, because they'll complain and I'll get like noise complaints and get booted out of my apartment complex. No, so no, I can't no. have that. But I, you know, I, I, in the day, I'm a little bit more liberal. With the just volume. picturing young Craig just like wreaking havoc in this game with the song blaring and this <laughs> so big good. grin on your face. Just oh, yeah. <laughs> so much fun. It was oh, so much fun. I, 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 I really, really enjoyed this game. But like you said, it's. It, 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 unless you're a really hardcore Gundam fan, it's really, really hard to get into. You know, it's it's just it's not for everybody. It is for hardcore Gundam fans, and and, and that's about it. Well, and th- from there you have to be into the original series, and then you also have to be into like that that more like traditional simulator style and stuff. So it's it's a very niche game. Yeah, I go back to my original comment in the beginning. It's a niche of a niche. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. I, uh, 
But uh, but I, I think that's uh, about all I had to say about Gundam side story 0079 rise from the ashes. What about you, Chops? Yeah, that's yeah, that's all I got. Thank you for listening to the Legend of Retro podcast. We're going to take a quick pause here in the show and tell you about one of our sponsors. Hey, it's me, everybody, Tim Kittrow. I'm here to talk to you about Old School Gamer. Old School Gamer is the magazine for gamers. It covers arcade and retro gaming, gives you gaming history and in-depth interviews with people like me who are there, and it lets you know what conventions are happening and when. Issues come out once every other month. Plus, a website full of even more razzle-dazzle, and it's all for just 30 bucks a year. So visit oldschoolgamer.com and subscribe now. Boom-shakalaka! Jones in for a classic game? It's time for Retro Relapse on the Legend of Retro Podcast. Retro Relapse. Chops, what do we have for this week's uh, Retro Relapse? All right. For this week, we have Zexes. Or Z-Sexes, or Z-Sexes, X-E-X-Y-Z for the NES developed, uh, I'm sorry, published by Hudson Soft for the Nintendo Entertainment System. Developed by Atlas? Is that right? Yes. Oh, okay, cool, cool. I... this is a uh, it's a uh, platformer. Yeah, it's like a, a platformer. It reminds me a lot of like Master Blaster. Yeah, it Blaster has Master. Uh, Blaster Master. Blaster Master. Not Master Blaster, Blaster Master. Blaster Master. Master Blaster is a character from uh, a Mad Max, isn't he? Well, maybe. Blaster Master? Master Blast. Anyway, uh, whatever. Whatever those <laughs> games are. <laughs> um, it kind of reminds me of that, because you're, I mean, you're not in a tank, but you're running around fighting enemies, and it's sort of like a, it feels more futuristic. There's a lot of robots and mm-hmm. stuff. Yep, and you get power-ups, you have, you're called, so you're, so... We'll set the set the scene for you. The story takes place in the post-apocalyptic year of twenty seven seven seven, after Earth has been devastated by nuclear war and natural disasters, with the island nation of Zexes being now threatened by alien robots. You know, this isn't too far off from Gundam, honestly. This wait, wow! This is very in line. <laughs> this was an unnatural pick, I guess. I don't, I didn't know that line so well. Um, yeah, you play a character named Apollo, and it's a side-scrolling platform game. Um, basically, your goal is to destroy the evil Garuza and rescue Princess Maria and save the planet. I I was uh, uh, actually pretty intrigued by the game. Like, when I first started it, I was like, okay, it's going to be like a shoot-em-up or something, right? And it starts it as a platformer, and I was like, oh. I was like, this isn't what I was expecting in the least. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it's you get to, like, power up your weapons. You just shoot guys you jump it's very similar to that there's different rooms you can go in um but there's also for the even numbered of stages which i didn't get to is ah, a yeah, side-scrolling yeah. shooter game part of it. Oh, that's more gradient style. Yeah. So the character jumps into a vehicle and then uh, does an auto-scrolling uh, gradient-like boss fight. Oh, nice. Level. I uh, I I, I th- kind of thought that there was some kind of shoot 'em up aspect to this game, and I couldn't like I didn't see it obviously playing the game, but it's just because we weren't didn't get far enough. That's because we, we suck. Yes. I I will say that I I died like an idiot. And I feel like if I had enough time, I could have totally. Did kept you get going. to the boss? I oh, did. I know I did not. So you have to find a hidden block. That's what I was looking for. Shoot it five times, and then the door opens to the boss. 
that's kind of obscure and it w- very Nintendo. And you only find that by going into the other rooms to find the hint that tells you to do that. I did find that hint. I just like I, I ended up dying at one point because like I, uh, I I think what it was is I, I went to jump. And if you hold up while you jump, you, you jump higher, you jump higher. But like at that time, I missed it. And so I just went boop, right down a pit. Yeah, I got to the boss a few times mm-hmm. and I thought I could get behind their head and shoot them from behind and I get hit by them. Yeah. And then I just died. Oh. Instantly, basically, when I tried oh. to jump through them. So I wasn't able to really beat them. I'm, I'm sure if I tried a little bit harder, I could have. Yeah, but it I wasn't, mean, the game didn't really speak to me too much. Really? Now, to me, I was kind of intrigued. I, I thought that it was uh, kind of a cool... Uh, uh, Sort of setting, you know. Uh, uh, I didn't. I didn't feel like the the enemy design was especially great or anything like that. But I thought it was kind of cool that like the uh, uh, every time you start a like uh, either when you start the game or you come out of a room, a spaceship flies over above and, yeah, and drops, drops guys. Off, yeah, drops enemies, and the, those enemies look kind of cool. They look kind of yeah. devil like. I thought that was kind of neat. The other ones were weird. Yeah, they were very like. It was like, like a bird that flew by, or like a lot of them were like vacuum cleaners vacuum, just riding yeah, around like on the ground. There was a Roomba, I think. <laughs> I think one of those Roombas had like a knife duct tape to Maybe. it. Maybe I don't know. It was it was interesting. I I kind of am upset that I didn't stick with it enough to get to the side scrolling levels. Yeah, because that's what I like. I like I like the shoot 'em ups, the shoot 'em ups a lot. Maybe I'll give it another chance. But it was uh, it was all right. Yeah. I mean, I didn't I didn't. It wasn't my favorite. wasn't the worst thing, but yeah, no, it was a uh, uh, pretty good uh, uh, game. I uh, and one of the kind of the interesting things I that we noticed here is the the Japanese title of the game. Yes, it, I want to say it. Can I say it? Oh yeah, by all means. Kame no on. Oh right, Ongeishi Urashima Densetsu. Is that no, right? I mean it was it was a little clumsy, but you you got that. through it. Uh, so I. Uh, it, what what caught our attention here, or or my attention, I should say, is when uh, Chop said the English translation, "Turtles Repayment," Urashima Legend, sounded weird. Chops was like, "Turtle, like what? I don't get it." But Urashima Legend, in conjunction with Turtle, actually kind of means something. There's a folk tale in Japan about uh, a man named Urashima Taro, and Urashima Taro saves a turtle. And so he saves this turtle, and the turtle tells him, like, hey, I'll, I'll take you to the Dragon Palace. It's filled with great food and fun and blah, blah, blah. So Urashima agrees. He jumps on the back of this turtle. He takes him to the Dragon Palace out in the ocean, and he gets to have fun for, like, three days and nights. He, like, has all, like, the time of his life. And finally, he's like, all right, it, you know, I it guess it's time to head home. And the I think it's, like, the princess gives him this box, and she's like, you can go, but never open this box. Never. And he's like, all right, whatever. And he takes the box. He goes back to land. And nobody there looks familiar. Everybody's different. And nobody knows who he is. And he, like, goes around. His, like, wife isn't home anymore. Uh, they're, like, their home is, like, you know, fallen into disrepair or, like, somebody else lives there. And he's so confused. He has no idea what's going on. So he, he finally, he's just like, all right, whatever. I have nothing else. I'm going to go ahead and open the box. So he opens the box. And his age is in there. The hundred years he was at the Dragon Palace, which felt only like three days, hits him and he 
falls to pieces and he he's dead you know because he's 100 and you know 20 130 years old and it's this weird rip van winkle-esque japanese story but what i can't figure out for the life of me is how is this sci-fi game based upon the legend of urashima taro i have no idea maybe i i mean let me do some research here i just i can't figure it out because it's it's a story where you you save somebody. You get sent somewhere. Is this the princess you're saving? Is that like like who the princess is? She just gives you your age, and you're just gonna immediately like fall to pieces and die. I'm confused, chops. I have no idea. I'm very confused. If there are any fans out there, any super fans of Zex- Zexies, is that how it's pronounced? Zexes. Zexes. Okay, yeah. Z X. Zexies and Zexes. It can also be Zexies. Zexies or Zexes. All right. So if there's any super fans of Zexies out there, especially if you've played the Japanese version, uh, Zashin, I guess that's you. I guess guess that's the only person I know who can speak Japanese. Uh, I think we have a few other fans in the the Discord who, who can actually speak Japanese. So if any of you out there have played this game, and know what the tie-in to that is. Yeah, let, us, let know. us know. Yeah, absolutely. I would be super interested. I, I maybe I'll have to do a little bit of deeper research or something and try to figure it out because I I'm I I just I have no idea. I don't know. So so, did you get any of the power-ups? I yeah, I got like a super ball. You got a super ball. Did you get the shoes? You know, I feel like I did. Oh yeah, you you, you, float. you jump really high and float. Oh, that was kind of cool. Yeah, it's it was awful when I was trying to shoot specific blocks. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it kept over jumping and I couldn't jump right. It was very frustrating. All right, yeah. So it's 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 not a perfect game by any means. It's it's not. No, no, it's not a perfect game. No, it's it's a little sloppy. It is a little. The controls are a little wonky. A little, yeah. Um, they're it's, not. They're not a hundred percent. They're not super tight. You reminded me of Zelda, or I'm um, sorry, um, the Legend of not the Legend of Zelda. Sorry, Zelda Two: The Adventure Zelda of Link. Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. There yes. It reminded me of that with the fact that like you're, it's a platformer, and you're also jumping into buildings and and getting information from people. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I guess it's also different because of the side scrolling aspect, which you get to not even little uh, numbered levels, but. Uh, it was it was decent. I, I will give it another shot so that I can try at least the side scrolling parts. Yeah, the uh, I, I I I on the eight bit scale, I think I give it a uh, I think a six out of eight. I think that it's really yeah. I uh, I I I feel like maybe it's a little liberal in this case. Maybe I should tone it down a bit. But I feel like there's potential here. I think there's a I think this is a, a bit of a hidden gem. But not necessarily like this is like the an end all be all Nintendo game. I just feel like the Nintendo had so many platformers, and a lot of them are really bad. I feel like this one is is like that middle of the road, but deserves some time kind of game. And and maybe I'm That's wrong. Fair. That's you know, fair. Maybe, maybe when I get back to it and play it again, I'll I'll sort of you know you know decide ah maybe not you know maybe this isn't that great or whatever. But uh but yeah no I I think that all in all it's it's worth checking out. What what about you, Chaps? What do you give it on the eight scale? Honestly, right now I'd give it a four, right in the middle, just straight in the middle, straight in the middle. Man, I'm not, wasn't super impressed with it, but it wasn't awful. Um, I I I think people should play it, but I I guess you have to give it some love to mm-hmm. to really enjoy it. 
maybe this is uh, much like uh, uh, Gundam Side Story 0079 Rise from the Ashes. This is a niche game. It's only for those super fans of Urashima Taro Legends. Maybe, maybe I guess, Craig, we'll go with that. Sci- if you're into sci-fi versions of Urashima Taro Legends from Japan... This game's for you. This game is for you. It's absolutely for you. Oh, gosh. All right. Let's just get into our, our NES music bracket for this week. Uh, what? What? There's nothing else to talk about for the NES music bracket. That's done. I mean, unless you're listening to the episode as soon as it goes live, in which case you still have a chance to throw in your vote between Wiley Stage 1 and Bloody Tears. But uh, I'm guessing if you're listening to this right away, you've probably already voted. But if you haven't, you can still go to the Facebook group and throw in your vote. Let us know what you think is the best NES song of the choices we made. The only thing left to say about the NES music bracket is that next week we will have our fan bracket episode where Craig Chops and I go through your choices uh, to see who the people's champ is. So keep an eye out for that because that episode was a ton of fun to record and uh, just overall just a lot of fun, man. I don't know what else to say about it. So thanks for tuning in. Thanks for your participation. And, uh, yeah, I guess we'll send it back to Craig and Chops. All right. Thank you for participating. And Xander yeah. or Craig. Or whoever. Or whoever. Santa. <laughs> Santa was in the episode. Ho, ho, ho. Yep. No, see us. Oh, hi, Santa. How's it going? Chops, you've been a bad boy. I you know. get coal. Great. Craig, I'll, I'll you've been wonderful. Grill. You get Zexies. <laughs> ah, Santa. <laughs> Man, Santa. I think Santa's just fickle. Not, not really, not really following that list too well. I mean, he better be checking it twice. I think he's getting lazy. I mean, yeah, he definitely needs to do that. <laughs> Any other words you have for people on this episode before we sign off? Uh, you know, I, uh, I, I, I feel like we've talked about some pretty niche games to get today. But uh, uh, if you're, if you're not feeling niche, and maybe you're feeling more up to date. Maybe a little more current. Maybe there's a podcast that they could listen to, Chops. Maybe the there is, Craig. That's the, that's the plug. That's oh, the, that's it? That's it? All right, thank you for listening. <laughs> what? To- no, I mean, that's where you insert oh, oh, the plug. Oh, my bad. Uh, do you listen to the GameZilla podcast on Mondays live on Twitch, twitch.tv slash GameZilla Media at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, or on Tuesdays when the podcast posts and your favorite podcast app, whatever that may be. Mm-hmm. Yep. Then we've got your show. Yeah. I call it your show because this is my show. What? I feel like this is kind of my this show, too. This is my show, Craig. Which this is, is my show. show. This is my show, Craig. It's not your show. Uh, yes, Noobs and Dragons, which you're also a part of, so watch your mouth. It's my show, too. <laughs> Shut up. They're all my show. <laughs> I hate you. Um, uh, yeah, Noobs and Dragons, where we uh, uh, it, we take the GameZilla media crew, some of us, and uh, go ahead and uh, play Dungeons and Dragons. It's been a lot of fun. It is a lot of fun. You know what's not my show, and I'm glad is in my show? What's that? The Last Action Podcast. <laughs> but everybody should listen to it because it has the awful LPJ and the uh, just as equally awful Sphinx <laughs> talking about action movies. Why do you hate them so? Because they oh. give me crap. Yeah, you're 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 all right. You're right. You're you're not wrong. Also, I want to say. Watch Craig's W Craig WK's long plays on YouTube. Oh, thank you. Yes, it's been a lot of fun. I play through uh, old RPGs and uh, 
do all the voices, narrate all the characters. Uh, we've done Earthbound, Final Fantasy VI. As of right now, we're uh, going through Ogre Battle 64, Person of Lordly Caliber. I want that on my headstone. A person of Lordly Caliber? Yes, yes. Here lies Matthew Snyder, person of Lordly Caliber. You know, I think I can make that happen when I finally kill you, Chops. Great. Sounds good. You're welcome. <laughs> All right. So this has been this week's Legend of Retro podcast. We'll see you all next time when when the legend continues. continues.